severely messed Artists like their boots are torn to shreds The government will spoil your hopes and dreams By offering a useless retreat and scheme There's such amazing talent, why can't you see That the government has decimated the industry And now the years of hard work have been thrown away Just get a real job Hello and welcome back to Just Get A Real Job. I'm of course your host, Jamie McKinley. Thank you for bearing with us on our week off last week. It was Elliot Mitchell's birthday and of course our editor-in-chief deserves a week off for his birthday. But just before we sort of get into this week's episode, I just wanted to quickly welcome all of our new listeners that we'd gained over the last few weeks. I hope you're listening if you are in the States because we'd had like thousands and thousands of new listeners from America tuning into the podcast out of nowhere. I don't know how this has happened. Mostly been through Samsung Podcasts. I was reading that Samsung have done like a deal with Acast or something and they're really pushing it, in America so I'm assuming a lot of our listeners have come in through that route so I hope you're tuning back in again if you are welcome thank you for choosing to listen to Just Get A Real Job if you'd only listened to an episode or two we have 92 episodes for you to choose from so be sure to delve back into the back catalogue we were also me and Elliot on another podcast recently by a former guest Graham Collis's Karma Card Project podcast I've had Graham on the podcast twice before and we'd always had really really interesting and deep conversations about art and his sort of journey and stuff with mental health he's now got his own podcast basically talking about all those themes and he had me and Elliot on that last week and you can listen to that and we'll link that underneath the show as well and that was a really good conversation we talked about our journey with the podcast our experiences with the live shows and Elliot also opened up about his autism as well which was really interesting but anyway enough of the rambles from the last two weeks let's get into today's episode this week on the podcast in episode 93 can't believe it's been 93 episodes that's insane we are joined by Ellis and Willem from Talk About Podcast, which is a podcast that talks about films, TV shows, other things like that. I was actually on that podcast as well back in March. I think it was March. It feels like such a long time ago. And I really enjoyed my time on that podcast. And I had Gwilif and Ellis on the podcast in July. So a good couple of months ago now. So it's about time we put this one out. So really, really casual and enjoyable conversation with them both. We talked about podcasts and we talked about films. Talked about lots of other things, them being actors and musicians, etc. Doing different things in the creative industries. Ellis and Gwilif are both really, really nice guys, so I think you'll enjoy this episode. Anyway, I think that's everything I had to say in this week's intro. Thank you for tuning in again, and I hope you enjoy episode 93, Just Get a Real Job, with Talkabouts, Ellis and Gwilif. Evening chaps, how are you both? You good? Yeah, yeah doing great, how are you? Doing great. I'm good, welcome to the podcast. Just want to introduce yourselves one after the other, just for the listeners, since there's two of you, we normally only have one guest. Now, we have had two before, sometimes more, but yeah. Yeah, well, we're we're two halves of one brain, to be honest. We don't have enough brain cells to, to be ourselves. Hi, my name is Gwilym Roberts. I am one half of Talk About. And I'm Ellis Barthorpe. I'm the other half of Talk About. Yeah, I mean, I, bo- I would have already introduced you both in the intro regardless, but you know, now they can distinguish the voice so there you go they'll yeah. know which voice is which so it's all good uh-huh. well obviously i was on you guys podcast we were just speaking off early march 
18 for something yeah, at the start, uh-huh. start of the year. So earlier in the year, which has flown by, like, I can't believe that's been four months. That was really good fun to do. So I think we talked about like sequels and stuff. It was, uh-huh. it was really nice. And obviously you have your podcast is about films and TV and stuff, that sort of thing, right? I'm not selling it, am I? No, 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 no yeah, not at all. Yeah. Not at all. It's just, I think we first plugged it as two film and TV buffs. However, now that we've, I'm sure we would agree, now that we've watched the amount of things we have watched, I would now say I'm a more qualified film and TV buff than I was when we started it. So we've kind of used it as a way to watch so much more and talk about as much as we possibly can. But yeah, it's mainly, we've done a couple of music episodes, gaming episodes, but film and TV is our yeah, main focus. Yeah, yeah. Well, I've got, well, I mean, we'll talk about your podcast tonight in a bit more depth later on. And of course, like you've all, I mean, you're both creative people in various ways. I know Ellis, you're in some bands and stuff and uh-huh. you both trained as actors, I'm correct? You both were like, were studied acting before? I actually, I I never studied it in higher education. So I have been involved in amateur dramatics for years. Mm. I I love that side of performing, but actually doing sort of musical theatre and stuff made me kind of heighten my love for music. And that's why Mm. I've kind of followed that passion. But I do, for a, for a main source of income, I do teach acting to primary school kids, well, coach, just basically give them, I think acting is so important, not just as a thing to do and a, and a future career, but also just for confidence. Like, it helped me 100%. so much with confidence in, like, yeah. growing up. And yeah, me too. That, me that's, too. That's, that's my main kind of want for it, is, like, also, like, you don't, at a primary school, I never really got the chance to act that much. We did, like, an end-of-school show, but, so it's just giving people the chance if they're in interested in it uh, but Gwillem's mm. a much more experienced actor in a uh, <laughs> educational sense than I am yeah I did like my college course in musical theatre then my uni course in musical theatre decided I didn't like musical theatre so then did a master's in acting and now I'm just yeah I'm just chilling out seeing what the world where the world takes me cool well I'm sure we've got I mean, we've got lots to talk about in your careers etc so far and like your lives as sort of creative people so far but I'm actually going to normally normally I start the podcast by asking people their earliest creative memories but I'm going to change it up a little bit today. I'm going to ask you both how you first met since there's two of you on. Curious, tell, what's your origin story, guys? Well, let's hear it. Oh, well, one Christmas Eve and all the children... No, we both actually met because there was a theatre company that I was part of and I did Les Mis with them the previous year. And then someone in the cast who Ellis was mates with also did that with me. And then the one year they then went, we're going to do Phantom of the Opera. And uh, the, the beautiful man that is Alice Barthorpe walked in one day and, you know, when I first saw him, I thought this is, this is going to be, I'm going to run a podcast with him one day. We, but we <laughs> did, we did genuinely hit it off straight away. Like we were amongst a lot of people. And I think we just found that we, I would say at least Quillen might disagree, but I would say that we just found that we had like a connection in how our level of stupidity and intellect in our conversations. Like yeah. we genuinely like talking about things we're passionate in, genuinely like talking about things, sometimes like existential things and things like that. But also we were just so, I mean, still are so stupid. <laughs> yeah, we are dumb. Like it's ridiculous. <laughs> However, that's not when we met. Like this is... <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, Will's I was given the nice one. We can give we, the we give we the last nice one first, but we didn't really chat that night. Gwilym was occupied elsewhere, but we did meet that night, and it was a it was a whole event. But like, we actually first spoke to each other and got along. Yeah, like Gwilym said, at this rehearsal, first rehearsal meetup for Phantom. In fact, I think at the auditions we started to chat. No, yeah. 
you weren't at the audition. Oh yeah, I wasn't. No, I was in yeah. France. Yeah. yeah, there you go. There's a long-winded answer for you, Jamie. <laughs> <laughs> I always love it when one person doesn't remember exactly the same. Well, way I don't like. Okay, okay, okay. This is how <laughs> that night went. Is it was a New Year's party around this mutual friend that then invited Ellis to join us for Phantom. And my girlfriend at the time had got very, very drunk, and she didn't really handle her liquor well. And Ellis appeared at the door. He came in. I think he was like gonna pop in or just came around to say hello like, or William something. I had angel wings and like that yeah. ray of light above my head and he was like who is this uh, I was and our mate was was talking to Ellis and I came in and said you know hey hi to Ellis you know and then I had to unfortunately say that my girlfriend at the time had thrown up on one of my mate's blankets then I needed to sort that out so that's that's the it was literally hi I'm Gwillem my girlfriend's thrown up on your blanket <laughs> I was like oh nice to meet you yeah Gwilin. so that I don't like remembering that that being the first time because we didn't really meet there it was yeah that, and that's the origin story there you go there we go no I always love um, when people don't remember the same way how they met or like they remember it differently because I'm a very nostalgic person I remember everything like really little silly uh-huh. details probably because I'm quite sad as well to be honest but no, and no. I love it. I love it when friends I just find it funny when you know if somebody was like said said to one of my best mates oh, how did you just meet they probably wouldn't even have thought they just don't remember stuff like that but it's quite funny to hear different two different accounts like, yeah, yeah. well actually funny. that's not true yeah yeah <laughs> anyway we'll kick off the the shenanigans now I like to sort of start by asking my guests about their earliest creative memories so do you both remember as youngsters the first time you did something creative and if you kind of at that point thought yeah I could maybe see myself doing this later in life we start with you like my earliest one was I can't believe I'm saying this but our primary school was really small there was like 40 people in total and so whenever we did a school play like everyone would get involved and the year above me was only girls and we were doing a panto and me and my mate at the time were cast as Princess Jasmine's sisters Chamomile and Earl Grey and we had to sing Shania Twain Man I Feel Like a Woman and my mum had to make like bikinis essentially with fabric on and stuff and you know that that awakened me going like hey this is fun to do and then years later I did the musical Cats and it was just before I was going to start college doing I was going to do maths further maths physics and business studies and then I did Cats (laughs) Yeah, looking back, I'm like, that is gross. But <laughs> that's then... like the worst. I mean, that's one of the worst. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Curric- does, like, curric- not... Curriculums. I'm not saying those subjects are lesser, but it just sounds like that's like my worst nightmare. Yeah, I had to yeah. Do it. yeah. Oh. That just show like how in other ways intellectual you are, Will. Like you, you are interested you. in other things, you know. Yeah. Yeah. I did this show Cats and then like literally walking home, she was like, why don't you do that? Because that's what you enjoy and that's what you're good at. So go for that. And then since then, I've, just been doing it. Quillam, you're really good at old time. Have you thought about doing that for a career? That's what you're <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Is. Maybe she thought I should like go and I don't know. I'm going to stop before that becomes weird. <laughs> <laughs> Ellis, were you cat as an Ellis? Do you remember being a cat? I as a wasn't youngster? a cat. No, oh, you're missing out. <laughs> I know. No, I I kind of have two that blur into one because it was similar sort of age. So when I went into year three, so how old are you in year three? Seven. Maybe. Well, you're going to have to translate for me because uh, I mean, my girlfriend's English, right? But like Scotland does education slightly differently. We always have this right, chat. Okay. It's like, right, what's year three? Is it primary seven? Is it like S2? Do you know I mean, it's different. Oh, right, yeah, okay, okay. it's weird, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so it's, it's primary age. So yeah, I think I was about seven years old and my primary school was split into two. So until you were seven, like six, so the first three years of education was at one school. 
and then he moved up for the last four years of primary. Yeah. And and in the same year, I have two memories. One is like I used to love writing. I just always used to love writing little stories and things. And somewhere I need to find it because somewhere I had a thing where we had to fill out like a bio about ourselves, and it said, "What do you think you'll be when you're older?" That sort of question. And I wrote author, and still there's part of me that like wants to just pursue that. And I still, part of me still thinks I don't know if it's psychological. I'm just like, oh, I said that when I was younger, so I should do it. But part of me still thinks the thing that will give me longevity as a career is writing in, in some form. So, and I still try and do that passion as much as I can. But at the same time as that was going on, I joined a choir at school. It was a huge choir. The school was mate. The choir. You were being more... a cat. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> being a cat is way <laughs> cooler than joining a choir. And, uh, yeah. What? What's your problem? Sorry, uh, I'm meant to be positive on this podcast. I'm sorry. <laughs> How long do we last? 16 minutes. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, those two kind of happened at similar times. But still, if someone was to ask me now, wanna, if you could just, someone came to you and said, you can do this right now, what would it be? It would either be a career in writing, as in writing novels, writing books, fiction writing, or in music performing. So those two things that started me off in creative, although I've done other things, so I've gone off and really enjoyed acting for a while and enjoyed mm. musical theatre and uh, amongst other things it's still those two things that are driving me in my head i think yeah and, and so the choir stuff and obviously it's like what do you remember like certain age like what type of stuff were you doing with that was it just like amdram stuff you, you i just sort of touched on a wee bit or was it like so, singing so, along to albums and stuff so the choir was i mean it, the school was massive like i said so it was a big choir filled out the church and they used to do a show at christmas and a show in the summer i think and then when i was i think eight I got to do a solo and I was nervous, mm. but I, I just loved it. And it was kind of that as well that pushed me forward. And it wasn't until sort of going into higher education. So literally in the summer, that I moved from primary age to secondary. So when I was 11, I went and auditioned for a show in, in Peter Pan and played and got Peter Pan and played Peter Pan. So then that was the first time I started doing amateur, amateur dramatic stuff. I also at primary did a show of Joseph. So like it was a mix of things, really. The choir then led into me then trying musical theatre and things like that. You did stuff in our nearest city is Leicester their main theatre is the Curve Theatre and Ellis did quite a few bits and bobs there as well yeah that was what I guess kind of made me think oh actually there might be more to this than a hobby as well because it was quite a grueling audition process to get in it was the Curve Young Company it was called and I did a show called Honk which is about the Ugly Duckling, and it's absolutely brilliant. I'd fully recommend going, if you see someone putting on a production of Hong, it's great fun. And then we did like a, a show called Billy Bow, which was a new musical. So we worked with the people that were writing, the people that had written the musical to kind of get this started with this company. And the talent there was amazing. So I learned a lot from the people, both what to do and what not to do, because some people in that cast were very over the top and quite rude to be honest to the younger members as well that it was like why are you reacting like this when it's actually not that dramatic so learn stuff in that way as, as well that was really interesting and you sort of just touched on my next question about your new city being less and stuff but a question I'd love to ask is about where people are from how were you from has sort of influenced you both as creative so I mean where are you both from right can Leicester Leicestershire yeah yeah Leicestershire yeah. 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 so Ellis is from a little town called Market Harbour and I'm from a little town called uh, Melton Mowbray. That Where is pies uh, come from? Port Pies, mm. Stilton Cheese. There's that. Um, yeah, Big I don't know. I, I am, actually. Every Port right. Pie sold gives me one penny. So uh -huh. buy them all. I think it's sort of like influenced me in the way, particularly now, because going to drama school and there's 
a lot of people who are like from the south and near London and like are generally have a certain view or a certain way of talking or all of that. Being more from the Midlands and then I went to university way up north sort of made me realise you can tell so many more stories and there's so much more variation of the country England or, or Great Britain than is normally shown in TV and film. And, you know, there's some stuff coming out now that is showing that off with Peaky Blinders being massive for uh, for Birmingham. And obviously we have the, the train spotting films for Scotland and stuff. But there's still, I feel like a lot of people who aren't from England, when they think of like TV or film, it's like, if it's not set in London, I don't really know where it is. And I mean, part of my just thinking whenever I'm like writing or coming out with something is to be like, let's set this somewhere not from London where people who don't sound like they're not from London all of that yeah that sounds like very much my brief at work I work in development and we're always like, I mean, obviously I work for a Scottish production company but it's always about like how can we make this non-London centric because <laughs> I could rant about it all day rant yeah. about it all day yeah but it's just also very good to have representation for the regions and the other and the nations and other countries I have to be very careful you see and not make sure people don't think I'm regarding Scotland as a region because obviously we're not a region but so just to be clear to any listeners I wasn't saying Scotland's the region but i think we should you know i think obviously on this podcast as well what's been lovely is we've had a lot of conversations with people from all over the world but also particularly from across the whole uk like we'd have people from every part of it really which is lovely and it is very common that our guests that aren't from london they often talk about just not having enough representation or feeling very proud of where they're from and wanting to like achieve what they do as a living in the arts in a way that represents where they're from, whether that be being able to stay and work where they're from or make things that represent where they're from. So yeah. it's, all, it's quite a common. That's, that's really interesting. Again and again. Like, yeah. I, I don't know. I never think I'm that patriotic, if that makes sense. Like I never think of myself as that. But equally, if I see a film's coming out and it's a British, for example, Edgar Wright's bringing out a film that's set anywhere in, in the UK. It doesn't really bother me. I'm like, oh, I've got to... I mean, it's partly because I love Edgar Wright, but it's equally like there's yeah. something that feels quite closed in. I think because the UK is really so small that when something like that comes along that then reaches further afield, mm. it feels quite like... Leicestershire really hasn't got like that much... Like what I'm saying, like loads of stories being told about it and maybe that's part of the problem. But equally, like, I don't know what story I'd tell that would be based around me. I think naturally, if I was to like, I've written a couple of like scripts for or ideas or whatever for short films and short stories, and often they're set around here just because that's what I know best. Yeah, it's interesting that you say like people thinking that there needs to be more representation of where they're from. Well, I I, I think definitely just that I think people tend to it's like a local pre- you're kind of proud of where you grow up, and, yeah, you, yeah, and sure. I think people like like people like to see them themselves and their own life our story reflected yeah. back so I think that's a lot a big part of it no I think it's always interesting but like in terms of like actual opportunities for creative stuff where you guys were growing up and where you're from originally like was there because like, you obviously were saying you still did like a lot of your musical theatre stuff and I mean and being a cat and all that sort of thing like <laughs> was there still did you both feel that you had a chance to succeed potentially with a career in the arts or did you both feel that you might have to I know you're one of these in London now right yeah yeah I'm, I'm you're in London, London. Now, yeah, go on. Yeah. yeah so like did you feel that you had to move or was it sort of just it just worked out that way yeah I I mean I knew Milton is really good for Amdram stuff there's like a couple really good companies uh, especially like youth companies out there however in terms of like doing it professionally even like agencies there's not really anything there 
And yeah, we've got like Leicester and Nottingham nearby, both with amazing theatres. But a lot of the time, they'll do also do the castings down in London. So for me, it was, you know, flipping between, do I want to maybe stay more northern and go Manchester or go London? And I just thought, I mean, I went and studied in Guildford for my master's. I was down near London. A lot of my mates then were down in London. And it just seemed like the right thing to do because where else is there sort of that's as as relevant to the arts as London from an acting perspective I think like especially growing up there were so many opportunities I mean like Gwilym said I was involved with The Curve that was a major opportunity because The Curve was a new theatre and it's now really really pop I went last night actually to see Billy Elliot there that's been put on by The Curve and it was absolutely brilliant but I think I think that and like other things like Gwilym said there's amateur dramatics opportunities everywhere if I was to want to pursue acting I think I'd have gone a similar route to Gwillem just because it seems right. From a music perspective I think more and more it doesn't really matter where you're from. Especially if you look at the like Easy Life for example or a Leicester based band. They're huge now. And I think there's a lot of artists that are just very proud to be where they're from. And more and more as well you hear accents coming through in music which is really really nice to hear. So yeah I, I think from a music standpoint there's opportunities now most places. Like some places will have more than others. Like Nottingham has quite a good music scene, a better one than Leicester. Uh-huh. But there's still everywhere seems to be trying to have, I think as well, because of, I mean, it's an easy card to play to talk about the pandemic, but because of that, people are just longing to go out and see things like music and theatre and wh- whatever kind of piece of art they can get their eyes and ears on. So I think that's the other thing now that there's this love for local talent that there hasn't yeah. been as much in, in years yeah no 100% if there's a bigger push on local talent I think more more so now especially the pandemic's changed a lot of things I think people have reassessed did you both find that the pandemic got in the way of your plans and ambitions a little bit I mean uh, and that's a very common question on the podcast but like the word we use a lot is momentum it disturbed people's momentum yeah well there's there's two sides to that the first side is absolutely like I was just building this business of like having this uh, after school acting club that I did uh, that I do so I was just kind of getting that started plus the band I was in just getting I'm in just getting that started and then the pandemic hit and it just stopped everything I just couldn't it just stopped literally everything and then from the ashes of of that rose the phoenix that was talk about because if it wasn't for the pandemic we wouldn't have started our podcast and I'm so so proud of like I was uh, looking on my phone today and just like the number 97 just know, which is mad, the episodes we're on I was just like oh my word I mean I just can't believe I'm so proud of what we've done with the podcast and how much it's improved yeah. from a technical standpoint but also from our I, like we've still not lost I don't think we've lost who we are we've just become a little bit more professional in the way we just put the podcast together so yeah. I'm really proud that we have that to show for the pandemic and if we didn't go into a lockdown that I don't think would have happened yeah no, hundred percent. I mean, we'll, we'll properly will have a big podcast chat for probably yeah, the yeah. La- probably the last half of this interview, uh-huh. to be honest. Because I mean, we can all be like podcaster therapy or something. That'd be good. Yeah. Before I forget, I need to ask you both as well one of my favorite questions, which is about your favorite word or phrase for where you're from. Do you have a favorite word or phrase, or both? From yeah. like, you got one. What one that's chucked uh chucked around Melton a lot is a up me duck. <laughs> that's so. That. Mine is a up, not the me duck, but just the oh, a up. Yeah. 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 me duck. A-up. I've also got a big, big one. An insult that was chucked around school a lot is a stig, which is like stig of the dump. Like if someone dropped food down the 
down their clothes and stuff, you call them a stig. That's one of my favourites. And whenever I say that round people, not from Melton or Leicester, they're, they're so confused. <laughs> I've never heard that, but yeah. so it's good. That's why I like asking this question. The other yeah. one is, oh, you bugger. I always say, oh, you bugger. Like, that's just another word that and I, I mean, it's from my, my grandma. She was from Leicester. So my dad from that has then influenced on me, I think, and from my grandma, I got loads yeah. of influence from her as well. So that's where that definitely comes from, for sure. Oh, cool. Always forget that question, then move the conversation on. So it's good to sometime. <laughs> if I'd forgotten, it would have been lost to the, uh-huh. the tangents of the podcast. Well, I actually wanted to ask Ellis, you, I wanted to ask you kind of firstly, we'll start with you about like the sort of music you've been making now in your bands and stuff. So do you want to quickly share a bit about that? Yeah, yeah. So one of my bands is an originals band. Uh, we've actually just changed our name to Regal. We've released a couple of, I think, four tracks now. So two is like a little kind of double side and then two uh, singles. And we're hoping to release uh, an EP this year. Um, it's been really, really tough, to be fair, with, with the pandemic, just because there's so many bands that are trying to get gigs. And it's just re- it is really, really hard. I know it's easy to use that, but it is really tough, uh, as I'm sure loads of musicians would tell you. And yeah, I'm the singer in the band. It's rock music, really. But what I really like about it is that there's different influences from everywhere. So the bassist has a lot of influences, but comes across with us like sort of an indie bassist while the guitarist is glam rock. I have like a soul background of singing. That's my kind of background. While the drummer is pop punk. So kind of everything together has created something kind of unique in our playing style, I think. But I have been in other bands like cover bands. It's just great fun to be a part of cover bands and that's often soul music and funk music and just popular tunes as well so it's great but the, the songwriting process from an original standpoint is something that I found really interesting as, as we've done this band it's been really good because I didn't do much of it before but this has given more of an opportunity to do it yeah no it's really he cool, is man. a cracking front man to be fair stop it you he's he's he do, he loves to get the uh the crowd moving you have a great time whenever you see i do him. love i i always get the mic taken out of me because i hump the mic not on purpose it's just the way my dancing goes seems to be a little bit too um what like word the... you use, Willem? i don't know what like what ferocious is the yeah, word i would use <laughs> Are you like in your head? Are you sort of doing like what Elvis does? You know, and I just seen the new the biopic recently. Is that what you're kind of doing in your? Yeah, I mean, Elvis is a massive, massive <laughs> influence for me. I absolutely, yeah. I think he's, I think he's brilliant. So maybe, yeah, it's that and James Brown. It's like if you go and see someone and they stand behind a mic stand and just sing the whole thing, they can have the most amazing voice in the world. But I'll be bored out of my mind if I go. I could just listen to them. If you go and see a performance, Mick Jagger in the Rolling Stones. Yeah, you go yeah. see the Rolling Stones. He's going to perform his ass. Run about the stage, like exactly. So I just think there's like two kind of sides for him. There's that side where it's this front man who's just amazing. Or there's like the Bruno Mars side. What I love about Bruno Mars, he's a great front man and performer, but his band are all fully in it and fully involved. So I, I think that's the that's the difference as well. I always think like when I'm in a band, all the other musicians are far more talented than I am. So they should be just as everyone shouldn't. I hate it when you go to a gig and you just know the lead singer's name. You should know everybody's name in that band because everybody's been collaborative. So many times I've seen bands perform and there's no mention of anyone else. And I'm like, how mm. How can you just be like, I'm this person and this is this? Do you know what I mean? You, it's so important because there's different brains that have come together to write a song uh, or just to work out the arrangements for a cover yeah. that you're doing. Well, it's like in a film, isn't it, where the director kind of just gets all the, exactly. the plaudits. Exactly yeah. 
Said, said Jamie, the bitter script editor. Um, <laughs> <laughs> of course. Go on, like, as an actor and stuff, obviously you've been living in London. I'm assuming you've been sort of actively trying to, are you, I've been in a lot of auditions and things. Have you had much work as an actor? I haven't had much work. I've done a decent amount of auditions and it's always like, because my agent's wicked and so she gets me like proper good stuff and it always ends up being like down to the last two or the last, oh, last three or whatever and it's like, still didn't get it. But it's good, like, I love love it whenever I do get an audition through because it's like then you you just get to do it and I always whenever I finish yeah. doing like a, a tape or something or like even better when I go do an audition in person and you're just like this is why I want to do it because nothing else gives the feeling of performing and acting and really just giving it your all and yeah I bloody love it that's really good that's the main thing isn't it it's not as long as you're sort of doing something like that's really hard to do because uh, it's like it's a lot of stress involved and like it's uncertain but I think as long as you enjoy it then Mm. That's the main thing. Jamie, you act too, right? You don't, okay. <laughs> I used to, when I was Are you sure? I saw a picture of you in a like a you were a police officer or something, you know. I was so that's actually quite a funny story. I was a COVID assistant on a show last year, which isn't even out yet. It's coming out in the October. It's called Karen Perry, and it was it's like a police drama, right? I was a COVID assistant and they needed an extra essay or what what they now call an extra sporting artist, right? And I got sort of they said to me, Do you mind doing that tomorrow? It could be a detective or something, right? So I was like, Yeah, sure. The detective get to put a suit on and all that I turned up in the morning early and they were like oh sorry we'd actually give the detective to somebody else so she could get it to be a PC so I just got paid an extra like it was great I got paid I was already out of work and they paid me an extra hundred pounds to sky work and just dress up as a policeman for the day it was it was fantastic <laughs> um, and I saw the first episode premiere earlier in the year and I, I'm in it for one second so oh beautiful so that was something it was too big for me though so I looked like I was wearing my dad's uniform or something <laughs> But it was quite funny so I guess if you call that act then then yeah but no I, I did sort of drama at high school and again I did some musical theater stuff I did some amdram stuff so that, that made me quite interested in the creative industries and kind of what you touched on Ellis about teaching youngsters gave me a lot of confidence and that is probably what the reason I now work in the industry and like work in telly and sure. do this podcast so there's a lot of merit to it obviously but Gwilym I wanted to sort of ask you about your acting stuff I wanted to ask obviously you're saying about these additions but I wanted to ask like obviously dealing with that much rejection how do you sort of cope with that because this is a question we'd ask quite a lot of actors on the podcast before but I think it's always lovely to get people's honest experiences of it because you know it's not easy yeah. Get, especially getting that close it must, you must have moments where you're like ah do you know what I mean yeah yeah just... obviously I think I'm quite good at just as soon as I've sent a tape or had an audition at just going I've done the best I can do there that's I can't do anything else it's out of my hands if I get it if I don't my my state of being hasn't changed I think that like I'm in quite a comfortable stable job not acting uh, right now so it's not like I'm going back and trying to find the odd job. So I think that definitely helps. But I'm just sometimes like there's been a few where it's like I haven't got it. It's like, ah, oh, shit, you know, I've, and I get bummed out for like a day or, or two. But, you know, it, you've just got to take it on the chin and just move on with the next. And I think I'm just quite good at getting on with it. With everything in life is if you can be proud of what you've done and say, I can't do any more, then... Yeah you know you should be proud with what you've done and you should be happy and feel content with what happened and everything else isn't up to you everything else it because with acting you could not get the part because you're not tall enough or because you maybe there's someone with a different accent that they quite liked or whatever so it's also acting it's both 
really personal and also not personal at all because obviously you are the actor you're selling yourself but because of that it's like nobody actually cares in a way about who you are as long as you're doing the work yeah I think, I think it does and also like sometimes somebody's already made their mind up before you've even been in the room as well yeah like somebody's you know they maybe just seen somebody coming earlier and they went that's the role and that's just an- yeah. unfortunate it's, but no I think that's 100% a good way of sort of dealing with I mean it's still hard though and it? it's not easy at all it's just sort of all you can do Hello, it's JB here. You may have heard this advert several times before, but if not, this is basically just me taking a minute to remind you guys that if you're enjoying the podcast, there are a number of things you can do to help us keep growing. Now, as many of you might be aware, the podcasting landscape is incredibly saturated. And I mean, there's lots of podcasts. We all love podcasts. But it's very difficult for independent podcasts like us to sometimes break through and to be noticed. So doing things like sharing us on social media, word of mouth, and just telling friends and family to listen, or even leaving us a little five-star review on places like Apple Podcasts and Google Podcasts go so far in helping us to keep growing. Me and Elliot adore this podcast. We love making this podcast. So if you're able to help in any way by doing something like that, we'd be incredibly grateful. Not just for our podcast, but if you love any independent podcasts, please try and give them a wee share or give them a review because it it goes so far. Another thing you can do if you enjoy the podcast as well, and we appreciate that this is a very difficult time, but if you're enjoying this podcast and you want to help us, you can donate as little or as much as you like to our Patreon page, and you can do that by going to patreon.com slash justgetarealjob, or you can click the link in the show notes. Anything you can afford, we are very grateful for. Thank you for your continued support, and I hope you enjoy the rest of today's episode. talk about talk about now we've been talking about another enough other things to get there well to start with i mean you kind of touched on it i know you have done what 97 episodes which is incredible i think we both said it before it's a lot of work but like it's worth it but like what how did the podcast start in lockdown did you both have a conversation about it i mean were you bored in lockdown was it was it what was it sort of born out of i think there was a conversation earlier than what i'm going to reference now but we always use i think marvel is definitely the thing that spurred our mutual interest of film that then Marvel was a gateway to then, oh, we like film, we should just talk about all of them. Like uh, like all films, like we'd seen, we'd start to talk about things. I think it, I started getting into podcasts and different film podcasts and things. And I just messaged Gwillem and said, what would you say if I was to say, should we do a podcast? And Gwillem, as he so often is, was like, absolutely. Like and we've had it when I've been like, Gwillem, do you want to come on a holiday next week? And Gwillem's gone, yep, I'm in, like in the past. So we work quite well in that sense that we'll say to Gwillem, let's do this. And Gwillem's like, yeah, okay, cool, let's do it. So yeah, I you're think- the planner and I'm, you know, <laughs> We like to do he's Maverick, I'm Goose. Or well, the, the, the favourite one I'm is just... that I'm Lando Calrissian and yeah. he's me and Numb. You know the weird guy with like the, the ham face from Star Wars? That's, yeah, that's the in the Millennium Falcon. Yeah. 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 Um so but it definitely started like, and originally talk about was gonna there were gonna be three of us. So there was uh, our friend James who wrote theme music for it. We recorded a couple of episodes. There's we three lost episodes out yeah. there. But yeah, we, so we did that <laughs> first and then he I think we, we just kind of decided he he was struggling to kind of keep up with how regular we wanted the podcast to become we wanted yeah. to do it weekly so in the end we decided to go ahead with it with the two of us but that's definitely where it started and then over time we've kind of we kind of just thought let's just record this when we talk about what we've watched in lockdown 
lockdown, what, what lockdown has been like for us from a viewer's perspective. And then from there, we just kept coming up with new ideas. And now we're kind of in a, a part of the podcast where we have these regular concept episodes that we just do every now and then. Sometimes we'll just throw a random one in, but we have like our list episodes where we'll take a director and we'll rank their, their films. Got a, a concept called On the Shelf, where we basically take a family film and rip it to shred, picking out bits that don't make sense and deciding if it should be on DVD shelf. We have our wrapped episodes. We talk about new content. So we just try and keep these fresh ideas. And if one's not working, we go, right, let's not do that. And I think uh, I'll say Gwil might, again, might disagree, but I think we work really well together. We've not like ever, touch wood, fallen out about anything been unsure about any ideas like if someone doesn't like an idea and they go i don't think so then we won't do it yeah and equally if someone really wants to do something then we will try it like so yeah 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 i think we're because the conversation i remember us having that spurred you to go should we do a podcast is ellis rang me up one day and like we're just chatting about you know life stuff and then I think I mentioned seeing on Facebook the original ideas for what Star Wars 9 was meant to be. Yes. And then we just chatted for like, I mean, that phone call must have lasted two or three hours on just mm. chatting about what Star Wars 9 could have been versus what it was. And then we still get like it, to be honest, where we'll have a, we're, we're trying more and more to be like, let's save this to talk about on the pod. Like we'll try and not talk about films when we're not on the pod, but we're both super good as well at being able to switch switch between being you know co-hosts and and talking about the podcast to also just being you know best mates and being able to be there personally and all of that stuff and because we both have such an almost in some ways extreme love of film and tv we just love talking about it with each other there's never there's never been an episode where i've thought like half an hour beforehand or an hour beforehand like oh I really don't want to do this and I found as well Gwil, that like friends and just and mutual friends mainly who know both myself and Gwilym will ask about our opinions of things outside when we see them which I think I don't know I just find it really interesting that people now mm. obviously we've got the podcast to a point where people to some extent value our opinion which mm. is really really nice like I'll listen to some film podcasts and I'll be listening because I want to know their opinion of something I'm interested yeah. in what their opinion is of a film so the fact that people are doing that for us when it is just our opinion and everyone what my favorite film will be will be someone else's least favorite and vice versa yeah um so i think i think that's really nice to not that we do it for any sort of recognition but it is really nice to see that people are finding value from from talk about yeah um, it's funny she said that because when, when i did the podcast with you guys in march yeah. when we talked we talked about the new kenobi trailer a wee bit so yes. as soon as as soon as i'd finished the series i was like right what did they talk what did they what was their thoughts on it so i like <laughs> i went i went to find the podcast Guess just like and looked up that but you know the conversation you had about it just yeah when i was on holiday i was like let's have a look see what they said oh, nice, um so nice. no that you know i think that's nice that people are like want to even if it's just a specific part that they want to hear you know, it's still good to like yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Well, that, we, we, uh, the podcast used to have a different structure until very recently. So we had news and trailers. Then we had the main kind of bulk of the episode. And to start with, we used to finish on a would you rather question. And then we started finding it a bit corny and we were forcing ourselves to find an answer. So we kind of finished. Now we do a recommendation at the end to so something we'd recommend mm. people to go and check out. But we very recently, like in the last few months, got rid of the news and trailer section just because... For the same reason, sometimes we were scraping to find trailers or news items. And also we had feedback of people saying, actually, 
I skip past the news and trailers or actually I just want to if I see you're doing an episode where you're talking about Wes Anderson I just want to hear you talk about Wes Anderson so we've kind of moved the news and trailers to our monthly wrapped episodes so that we can keep it all there and again I think it actually works really well yeah. and now we're more free to have a, a unstructured structure <laughs> but, but this yeah. is the thing with podcasting right it is about trial and error when do you guys started at 2020 as well slightly before yeah. me because you and you've done a little bit ahead in the of like in terms of episode but like a similar sort of time right so it's yeah. been coming up for two years or have you guys been doing it about two years coming up for that yeah roughly yeah yeah exactly yeah and it's so you change as a person in that time and you mm-hmm. go on a journey with it, which is an amazing thing. And it's like very rare I can talk about this field because most, believe it or not, despite the cliche, not everyone has a podcast. <laughs> or not everyone, not what is a better way of saying it is not everyone has a podcast in the same way we have in the sense that they could consistently put episodes out and keep it going for more than like two months. Yeah. Or something. yeah. There's a lot of people that yeah. start a podcast and then it just, that's that, you know, which is fair because it's really hard work. I but. think it's, it's, it's it as well. Like, like I said, me and Gwilym are here because we love it and we love talking about films. So why not document it? But equally, we wouldn't be as passionate about making it work if we didn't think there was something in it. Like, mm. I fully believe there is something in our podcast to go further than it is at the minute. So, like, we're going to keep trying and doing it. Well, at, at least that's my perspective is to keep trying to do it until we get sick of each other because we love doing it. But equally, yeah, to, to kind of, I feel like we've put the work in it that we deserve to 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 kind of make get it a bit bigger as well that would be really yeah, good yeah, yeah. i would see the podcast also in a way i'm just being able to have just a weekly chat with ellis yeah. and just being able to chat about the films we've seen and stuff and and how that's going and it's yeah really great and i think seeing the podcast evolve I, ellis i don't know if you're this uh, you'll be feeling the same but I remember at the start I really wanted to come across some form of intellectually and some form of like knowing what I'm talking about whereas now I'm uh-huh. just like you know I'll say how I don't like a film because they don't have enough explosions or something like that or yeah just... we, well we do have a bit of a running unspoken joke on the podcast that you'll always be like here you are saying these words and here's me saying boom boom bam bam but you're yeah. not as bad as you make yourself out to be like <laughs> I think the thing is as well I'm possibly closer not that I am a film critic but closer to that because I also write reviews and stuff so yeah. because yeah. of that I, my brain goes to that as well whereas Gwilym as far as I'm I'd see from your like you just want to sit down and enjoy a film and if you don't yeah, it just yeah. upsets him to his core like if he's disappointed by something it's so sad because it just takes over his body <laughs> <laughs> it's just like oh no whereas if I love a film I'm like yeah but if I don't like a film I often find it quite funny that I don't like a film I think it's mm-hmm. uh, it's just mm-hmm. not worked on this this occasion I mean I think first and foremost you're doing it because you love doing it and it's I, I think as we keep saying it's so much work to run a podcast and to keep it consistent yeah I mean there were some weeks where I was watching like two or three films a day to try and like especially if we do if we do like a list episode and I think the one that really got was we did for our 50th episode we did Steven Spielberg he's got a lot of films I didn't even get a lot of long films yeah and so I was like finishing work coming back and sticking on a three-hour film to then be like okay I didn't even really like that one so it's not going to be on my list and it, it like now we're I know we're generally better at 
being able to either just talk about one specific film or if it's a list film most of the time because we've done we've now watched so many films we're able to be like okay well I've already watched six of his 12 films so there's not that much not that much to do and we're also better at planning ahead yeah. and spacing I mean, spacing like, out episodes at the minute we plan till January of the episodes we're doing which seems so far away but we already organized and that far in advance because then if we think okay in two months I've got a we're doing a list episode and I haven't seen 10 of those films then it gives enough time to watch those films in that time uh, that is scarily organized i think i maybe just i sort of just record them i might put that one out then um, but it's it's also like uh the interviews that we've got to do is something that i never would have thought about doing or done and obviously that is your podcast Jamie is talking to different people and different creative people and I love the few that we've done we've not done loads but like for example Willem did Simon Rassiopa on his on his own which he was the showrunner for The Boys Diabolical the, the animated spin-off and I did William Sadler who's in Shawshank Redemption and uh, The Unholy we were talking to mm. before and it's like those two people we'd never have got the opportunity to talk to if it wasn't for the podcast yeah. so I'm sure from to relate to your podcast Jamie it's like speaking to people you're like just you come away sometimes from a chat with me like oh my god I was just so happy to talk to that person they've got done yeah. such an interesting yeah their life or you know like is there someone who obviously I'm sure people who've been on your podcast listen to your podcast but is there someone who for you kind of sticks out as like it kind of changed your perspective on things or made you think about and you can't say us yeah because it's not out yet, yeah. So. <laughs> yeah no there's been so many man there's been so many I did an amazing episode quite recently with a guy called Conor Boyle who's a friend now and um, again this is what I'm saying about this I mean what's amazing about having a podcast for me is and speaking to people like yourselves all the time every week you make friends with people and then you get to sort of know people they know they recommend and then it, it's a lovely like kind of small world so there's a guy yeah, we need to link up for a drink, yeah i know it's yeah. amazing 100 percent. it's amazing the community get but like i meet so when i'm ever down in london often like i've my great friend now called joe o'neill who's been on the podcast a few times he's interviewed me for mm-hmm. my, what a special we did but i was on the podcast myself and stuff so like obviously i'm friends with him but like i interviewed his friend conor boyle who now is sort of a friend as well and he's a performance coach that was a really amazing recent one just talking about like mental health and looking at how performers and how artists sort of minds work and stuff like that that was really interesting i did one literally this week's episode which came out on Tuesday I caught up with somebody I went to uni with five years ago I hadn't seen for five years um, called uh, Jack Hunter and he's got cerebral palsy and he's talking about disability and how we look at disability as a society and stuff it's just getting to have these sort of conversations every week is insane and it's uh, it changes your perspective it's like free therapy in a way as well it's lovely to do but I was going to say as well my next question which you've sort of very brilliantly sort of linked in naturally was about the community and and the sort of podcast stuff you've done because obviously on your podcast as well you'd had Rebecca Riddle and you'd be you'd also been on Choose Film, right? Yeah, so yeah, we've had yeah. Rebecca and, and so, Gary Hewitt. Yeah, so. and Rebecca is somebody I became friends with in lockdown and I've met through doing this podcast. So it's again, it's a small world how this all links up like this. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, um, oh, absolutely. It was really interesting because me and Quill went on to Choose Film separately. Yeah. And then Rebecca came on to talk about. And by the time she was coming on to talk about and we started the call, it was just like we knew each other. Which is really interesting when you, yeah. like, we've, we've met Virgil. I mean, similar with you today, Jamie, like, logging on yeah, today yeah. and seeing you, it felt familiar. It felt nice. It's just like having a chat. There's no pressure to it. Whereas yeah. when you were coming on ours, we were like, okay, there's a bit of pressure because we don't know this person. You, you know, we need to make sure they feel welcome and, and all of this sort of stuff. Whereas when we did it the other way around with Rebecca, when she came onto the podcast, it was just like, okay, well, we know this person, so it's fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, it is definitely that link. I mean, a lot of our guests that we've had on are our friends anyway some of them we've met 
during the course of doing the like we've been doing the podcast and then someone's made a new friend or something like that but mm. the majority of people are people we knew but it's still really interesting because we are both creative people we have a lot of creative minded friends that are happy to come on and talk about films even if they're yeah. not someone who necessarily is a massive film fan there's always something to someone that they love about film to everybody i think like so even if their film love is that they watched the barbie movies when they were seven and that's their love of film now is nostalgia for that like there's something yeah 100 mm, well i know we've nearly been speaking for an hour already which is insane i think because it's just it's, it's, it's went fast but i thought it'd be nice to ask you both well firstly what have you learned the most from starting your podcast both like whatever whoever wants to answer first but what have you what have you taken away from it the most i think i've just seen some of my now favorite films from doing the podcast films that I would never have watched and they're now some of my favorite and I think I've gotten a lot better at looking at films and actors performances and all of that critically to then know like hey I like that sort of shot so when I'm thinking about writing or thinking about shooting something I I'm like Oh, I liked it in that film when they did, you know, a shot like that or that acting choice was really nice. So I'm going to bear that in mind when maybe there's a similar situation. I think I've gotten a lot better through doing the podcast because then there's the pressure of being able to talk about it, of Mm. then observing films a lot better than what I was before. For me, a similar sort of thing that I've, I've learned about filmmaking more. I always love film and I think that's why I kind of started to, find interest in acting because I loved film. Although I did musical theatre performance, if I was to go and study as an actor, it would be for screen work. I wouldn't yeah. be interested in theatre work. And I think actually that the lines were blurred maybe a little bit. And actually I'm interested in film and filmmaking. Like uh, Willem a few years ago, a couple of years ago, whenever it was, was creating a short film. It was for, pandemic, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. And it opened my eyes because I was in it. So Gwillem was in it also. And I just, there was two things and it wasn't anything to do with what Gwillem was doing in that situation. This was just us helping him out. But I just was like, I'd love to be behind the camera directing people at this point saying, let's move the camera down here. Let's try this. And equally at the same time, I was thinking, God, I don't know what I'm doing. I'm so out of my comfort zone as a performer here. I don't know what I'm doing. So it, I kind of learned through the podcast about filmmaking and actually thought that's, a, I'd love to just get behind the camera. And I'm hoping this year, my brother's just finished university doing an adventure filmmaking course. So he's kind of kitted out with a lot of the, uh, like he's got a gimbal and he's got like just different bits and bobs that would make it a lot more professional looking. And hopefully we're hoping this year to kind of record film a short film and I'd love to just kind of see just how much I love being behind the camera yeah I think that from the podcast I've learned about filmmaking so similar to Gwil like learning like actually oh that isn't just fundamentally isn't a good shot the way they've shot that just isn't good <laughs> it's like yeah, yeah. and it happens very rarely because a lot of people who are in those positions are brilliant and art is art but sometimes you do notice something and you go okay that's actually an error in filmmaking yeah. that's something that's not gone to plan for whatever reason that's really interesting and great that again you're every week you're taking something new away you're learning or maybe watching a, a bad film sometimes but that's yeah, just yeah. part of the code I find yeah. bad film is fascinating <laughs> as well yeah exactly yeah. You, you, you take it you take something away well before I start, I've got two more questions but I'm going to ask one more as well because I think it'd be good to get this and it's a, I'm, I'm not asking you a favourite film is because that's not a very nice question and also it's impossible to answer but I prefer this and I think we maybe spoke about this when I was on yours I kind of like asking people this question or the way it's phrased but like what's a film you find that you go back to the most starting with you Glam what was a film you think not necessarily your favourite but a film you keep going back to I think the film 
I have watched the most in my life, and it's surprisingly not a Marvel film, is uh, Step Brothers with Will Ferrell and Johnson. <laughs> well, it's not what I was expecting. Yeah, I it's I just think it's it's a perfect comedy. I used to watch it like whenever we in college would have like a lads night or something. I'd watch it if I was feeling down. I'd watch it. It's just, it's absolutely perfect. And I always go back and watch it at least once a year, maybe even more. It's just so brilliant and so funny and so quotable. It's just brilliant. But I also need to throw in, obviously, a superhero one. I think Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse is pure perfection as a film, both in the design of it, uh, artistically, in the voice performances, in the story. Everything about that film is just on another level to any other film, in my opinion. Mm. It's very good. It's very good film. I don't know Step Brothers as well, but the, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just to let us know, I'm not, I mean, I'm not saying it's not a good film, but I was, you know, talking about Spider-Man. Uh, uh, <laughs> the, the temptation to say surf stuff is unreal because it is... You need to film. say it. That needs to uh, be your one. How, no, but it's not the film I've uh, revisited the most and what I want to revisit the most. I've got kind of two answers. One is Chicken Run. I think Chicken Run is just so effing good. Like, it's just brilliant. It's comforting, Classic. but it has that nostalgia but it's also just an excellent film that I think is really funny and really creative and just I think as well that there is I strongly believe it is one of the most creatively outstanding films to think about the time that has gone in like stop motion has been done a lot but the behind the scenes stuff I've seen and how intricate the detail had to be on that film is amazing but one that I go back to that I'd say is like every single frame is note perfect and there's nothing wrong with it is The Big Lebowski I just think it's everything about that film is perfection and that's what filmmaking is it's what performing Mm -hmm. is it's what everything about film is so those two films you asked for one we've both given two well listen to be fair I did get you on the podcast for an hour and then not let you speak about films which is a bit unfair Um, (laughs) so apologies of the lack of film related questions tonight but they got one in the end just get a real job of course the name of the podcast is just get a real job with all to work jobs that we maybe didn't like part-time jobs full-time jobs whatever but what's the worst part-time job or quote real job that you'd ever had to work to support yourselves as an artist so i after you ellis <laughs> I had a job with a catering company for a while, which did like big, uh, we did like a lot of big Indian weddings, which were just amazing to be at. And mm. through this catering company, they were like, okay, now you're going to go work at the Leicester City football ground. I was like, excellent. Okay, great. Got there, been told to go to like, a, uh, there was like a post or a labeled post outside the stadium. Uh, and that's where I'd meet. Got there and it was a burger van. And I was like, I was like all dressed up, ready to work. I thought I was in the ground. That's how the job description sounded. So I worked for like six or seven hours. It wasn't really that long in this burger van and absolutely hated it and thought, okay, well, I'm never doing this again. So that's possibly the worst. I've done a lot of different things to kind of fund my creative side. I mean, you could say that what I, although I love my job coaching and working with kids with acting, it's still funding other things and other passions at the same time. So you could say that, but yeah, I think that's the, the worst was working that burger van. That was, that was pretty rough, actually. Mm-hmm. And Gwilym, what about yourself? A year ago, when I first moved to London, I was a uh, census field officer when the, uh, when the <laughs> census happened. 
happened. So basically, oh I'd go knocking on people's doors and be like, hey, have you done the census? If you haven't, can you do it? And it was just, it was when it was so hot out there. And because COVID was, you know, still more of a thing, you know, I wore masks and I had this horrible high vis top and a oh, dumb satchel bag. And like, it was, it was all right because it let me walk around a lot and let me sort of learn London a little bit more. But nobody wanted me to come and knock on their door. And, uh, it, uh, you know, nobody was, there were only a few people who were horrendously rude. But it's just, th- there's only so many times you can knock on someone's door and tell them to do something f- before they go, I'm t- I, I don't want to do it. I'm just not going to do it. And yeah, that, that just wasn't hugely fun as a job. It was just really unorganized as well doing it. But, you know. It paid all right, so that's that's fine. And needs must. Well, thank you both for your time tonight. Well, one more question, but just before I just want, I love you know, it's been really nice to, to have to see you both again. But I just wanted to close off. Usually, I ask people just what their advice would be to anyone who maybe wants to work in the creative industries, but particularly for you guys, to anyone who maybe wanted to start a podcast. And I might chip in here as well. I might give might give a little bit of advice in this one, but as well, see how we go. Uh-huh. <laughs> I would say the best thing to do is I listen to every episode we put out to then like learn about what I do wrong or what what works from my point of view but also it's just like just do it literally just hit record put it out give it a listen and be objective about whether you think what you're doing is good and if it isn't that doesn't mean you should stop doing a podcast just think okay we should change like there's been a few episodes that me and Ellis did I mean we did a Call of Duty episode and I think that was the final episode we did talking about video games because it was just like, it just doesn't work. Mm. And you've got to see, in my point of view, the podcast is both a passion project and also a product you want people to enjoy. So you've got to view it in both senses of being like, I want to talk about what I want to talk about, but also do what people want to listen to. Mm. That's your mates. So on that, like, yeah, find your niche, like have your niche kind of lined up to start. I mean, Mm. we didn't, we we had a niche in that we liked entertainment, but actually now we found this niche of film and TV more specifically. And so I think so that's first and foremost, like find your niche, but also learn to like your podcast. Yeah. If you like your podcast, then it makes such a difference because yeah. like I, I know Gwil said to me once, never did I think I'd be able to not only listen to myself every week, but want to listen to myself. And like, it's like we want to listen to our own podcast, which I laugh at my own jokes in public. But it's like, that's what it should be. That's if you're proud of it, you should be able to listen to it back and want to. So Mm. just be be a fan of your own podcast. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's, if you can't tell your mates to listen to my podcast or tell your family, like I've got a podcast, listen to it yeah. like then you've got to think what do I need to change about the podcast to make me proud to show my yeah, mates yes, yeah. and to show my family yeah 100% I'm glad I'm not saying my grand should listen to the podcast um <laughs> I, I use some choice language so maybe not grand I, I'm glad um I'm not the only one that listens but because I get I get my friends on my Spotify they're like you listen to your own podcast I was like well of course I click play on it anyway because you want to get the, you know, as many downloads as you oh, can yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. But, but I I completely agree God. I think you have to I listen back as a learning experience every week because exactly Exactly, and I have yeah. to listen to it back anyway before it goes out because, you know, I'd send it to the, my editor before with notes and stuff of what I'd like him to take out and what, you know, et cetera. But I think you learn, you're like, right, I said that. Maybe I asked that question in a way that wasn't delivered well, or maybe, I ju- you know, just that sort yeah. of thing. But just to quickly add on, since we're talking about podcasts and I very rare have other podcasters on the podcast, I think, it's, yeah, I totally agree with you when I was about finding your niche. I also think just making sure you're consistent with it. I think it's fine to like 
obviously talks about a podcast every week. We took June off, for example. I think knowing your own, how busy you are and stuff. But I think if you want to build a regular listener base, I think you need to be consistent because I think often people make a podcast, they put one out every month. And I just, I don't think depending who, unless you're a big celebrity or you have a big following already, I think it's going to be hard to cultivate a listener base if you do that. I think as well, you can do like a soft start or a hard start to a podcast. Mm. The soft start being you just kind of go, here's a podcast that's out there and let it grow organically. The other, which we did, which maybe looking back was the best is a hard start where we like push it loads promote it we're really excited about it so loads of people are like oh and it's a good about a podcast and we should listen they're telling me to listen so we got loads and loads of listeners to start with and then there was an interim period for a while where we didn't get as many and then yeah. we kind of had to build up and have the soft start yeah then you do have drops you do have i think you have rises i think, you have, I think it definitely goes up and down and it also depends for me a lot of the time it depends on who the guest is if it's yeah. somebody who's got more like friends you're gonna and... get like maybe two million listens from us you know you got <laughs> a million from ellis a million from me so there you go. Can you tell them to listen to us as well? <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> but I think the last bit of advice I would give is do, don't don't check the numbers too often though either because yeah. it's great it's great that people listen and it's you know you want people to enjoy your work but first and foremost if you get something out of it and even if ten people listen and get and take something away that's still that's great yeah I mean friend. me and Ellis well Ellis likes to say there's one listener of ours who is like so active in in terms of whenever we ask questions for like our listeners or whenever we ask for sent lists, he's like so active about it. And me and Ellis have never met him before. He's he's a friend of a friend, essentially. But it really makes us feel like, oh my God, even just having that one person who we've never met be like yeah. every Friday or Saturday or whenever, I'm going to listen to this podcast because I enjoy it. Exactly like you say, don't look at the numbers too much because they will rise and fall and that's just naturally going to happen. And actually, in some ways, the fact that we kind of had loads of numbers and then we kind of had this soft kind of restart almost not intentionally it just kind of happened meant that we could kind of experiment with things and while we were finding Mm. it and now we're I'm really happy with where the podcast is at the minute. I think now it's building even more, so which is nice. Yeah, yeah it is hard. It's, it's finding the balance. Anyway, thank you very much for your time. It'll obviously be a link to talk about underneath the podcast. I, at the time I appeared on it, I, you know, I talked to people to listen to it. So I don't know if any of my diehard fans have, uh, have already listened to it before, but of course... <laughs> Be sure to check. Well, out hopefully, listen to us. Haven't put it, put you <laughs> off it either. Yeah, I'm sure not. But just to quickly end, we'll do what you do on your podcast. Have you got anything you'd like to recommend, or an episode from your own podcast you'd recommend people start on? That's maybe Ooh. a good one. That's a better question. So I'd definitely say something recent, but I don't know, Gwil, what, like... There's been, there's been a few ones that I'm very, I'm very happy with recently. I, um, I, I know my answer, and it might be different from Gwil's, but I'll say episode 88, which is ridiculous, start that late on. But like, go back after if you want. But if you were looking for one to kind of get us, I'd say 88, which was us talking about romantic comedies. And what I was saying right at the beginning about we have this similar level of liking to sound intellectual and actually being interested and passionate about something leveled with our stupidity I think we get that balance in the rom-com episode because we're kind of stupid (laughs) but like we do a cold open where me and Gwilla pretending we're doing a meet cute from a from a romantic film yeah yeah. that is the one I'd recommend 88 if you wanted to just get a feel and see if we're for you or not then that's that's where to start yeah yeah I think 88 is a good one obviously as well episode 80 which featured you Jamie too well, oh absolutely that's Check the one that's, what, that's what Gollum's looking for really He's just yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm like I'm scrolling <laughs> yeah. through seriously yeah but I mean you'll you'll see if people jump on to check out what the podcast is like you'll see the recurring episodes and you'll just 
pick one of those if you want to listen to a sort of yeah the concept we sort of have or there's some that are just random and i mean one of the ones we did recently was a godfather one with my housemate and i'm like i laughed so much during it and laughed listening to it so and we only spent about 10 percent of it talking about the godfather so yeah yeah well that's the good thing about the having a big you know having so many episodes is like it's always lovely people can go through back through the archives and catch up etc their own mm. their own leisure but anyway thank you very much lads it was lovely no, to see thank you, you. Um, no amazing pleasure as always and uh, i hope you enjoy the rest of your week and that the heat subsides as much as i like the sun <laughs> yeah thank, thanks hell, so much yeah. jamie and also like just props to you you've got you've created something absolutely brilliant here. yeah thank yeah you it is wicked well, there you go. That was episode 93 of Just Get A Real Job with Talk About Podcasts. Ellis and Gwyllif, thank you to them both for coming on the podcast and chatting. Really, really enjoyable on that one. I hope you found what they had to say about podcasts and other things inspiring and interesting. Be sure to check out their podcast. Once again, I'm going to quickly plug Graham Cullis' podcast as well, which me and Ellie were on last week. And remember, as always, if you're enjoying this podcast, be sure to leave a review um, on Apple Podcasts or Google Podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts. And yeah, that's about it. We'll be back again next week with another episode of Just Get A Real Job. Just get a real job